0: Hello and welcome to our October Club update on the Neuron County podcast, brought to you by our digital sponsor Top Car Inverness and main club sponsor Murray Travel. I'm Michael Bockel and I'm joined again by our Director of Football, Gray McLeod. Due to personal circumstances and a whole host of things obviously happening with the club, and we haven't done one of these since September, so we've got a lot to catch up on. And I'm delighted to say we're joined by a very special guest for this podcast in the form of Stephen Mackay. So, Stephen, fair bit to get through first off, but, you know, welcome back to the club. How are you?
1: Good evening, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Um, good to be back at the club and uh, excited for the challenge that awaits us all.
0: Great stuff. I mean, it's been just over a month since you've been, been with us uh, in the managerial role. Quite a hectic run of games. Um, in, in that period as well, where with some games have been rearranged. If I suppose if we go back to the very start and you know, why why Nairn? Why come to us?
1: Well, well Nairn's a-, a club that I've got a, a strong affiliation with. Um, you know, having spent three seasons there back in 2019 through twelve. Um, I also made my uh, senior debut for the club as well which which game reminded me of at, at the weekend um, back in 1998 which does seem like a lifetime ago um I waited to, to Devon and vale so I was 17 at the time and, and alone from ross county so yeah I've got a strong um affiliation with the club um and you know it's it's a club that I'm, I'm very familiar with having you know, lived in Inverness and, and, and aware of the club and its infrastructure and how well it's run, um, and also it's a club that I believe has massive potential. Um, a club that that should be challenging for silverware um, each season due to how well it's structured and, and its geographical location. So you know, the the, the managerial position at Nairn doesn't come around very often. So when it was available,
0: um, I felt like it was
1: an opportunity that I couldn't pass up.
0: And. Obviously, you were uh, the last managerial role that you had was at Broad, but then you were also at Elgin, um, in an assistant role, and you had to to step away uh, from from that role, um, due, due to work commitments. Has much changed that you're in now?
1: Um, currently, probably not a huge amount has changed. Uh, I think the only difference is that I've you know I've got Heinze and and and, and in there. Um, they give me a huge amount of support, so they take training sessions on a, on a Tuesday. So they'll be um, running the boys as we speak right now, um, which is great and a massive support for, for me. And it allows me to focus on on work um, through kind of Monday through to, to, to Thursday. So I'm in Manchester at the moment. Um, I'll, I'll travel back up tomorrow night and be available for training on Thursday and then get prepared for Saturday. So from a work perspective, not a huge amount has changed at this moment in time, but uh, our company has, has recently... Um, purchased a fabrication facility in the Highlands um, so myself and Heinze, um will we'll be working there very very soon and that will give me an opportunity to spend more time uh, at the club and, and be available for more training sessions in the future.
0: You mentioned there obviously you brought uh, David Hines with you in, uh, and Brian McLeod's in as first team coach what have been the priorities since uh, the three of you have got in and, and working with the team what have you been working on?
1: Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I brought both of them in because I've known both of them personally for a very, very long time. <clears throat> you know, Brian and I were, were skill seekers, as the term was known back then at Ross County when we left school, um, and went and did our apprenticeship at Ross County, uh, and, and Hindsey I've, I've known since my days at Elgin, and, and um, I've, I've got a very close relationship with them personally, but also on a work front as well. We've worked at a few businesses together, so I know both the guys very, very well um, and and I trust both of them implicitly. So I think that's an important dynamic to have as as a coaching team that the players can see that that we've got a strong relationship, a strong trust with each other, but equally we can challenge each other, which is important. And that dynamic is not fabricated, not forced, again, which I think is important for the players to see. So, um, you know, we've come in and and we've prioritised the first team squad in, in relation to assessing what we've got, um, in terms of the players we've got at our, our disposal and looking at the areas that we can use to, to potentially improve them uh, whether it's fitness or whether it's tactical awareness um, so that's kind of what we've, we've focused on in, in the last four or five weeks uh, predominantly fitness first and foremost but equally the strongest position for each player um, and how we can get the most out of those players
0: That's okay and you know we some fans might not actually be aware, but there's been a sort of recent investment by the club in technology to help you and the coaching staff, and obviously naturally the players with that as well, hasn't there? Yeah, well, I
1: think you know that's the way football's going now. There's there's so much technology that's available and so much data that you can that you can gather um, and analyze. So you know we want to to use some of that as much as, as possible to to help us in our assessment of the players and and, and also in our assessment of the performances. So. It was great to hear that the club had recently purchased the gps trackers which is a really interesting bit of technology and it gives us some great insights into player performance from a physical and fitness perspective so we've been using them now for the last four weeks um, in conjunction with some you know fitness training that we've been doing during the week and The results that we've been seeing has been really impressive and I think it's important to to be able to show that data and feed that back to the players so they can buy into what we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve. Um, We've also, you know, the clubs also purchased the the VO um, video recording technology which which was received this week and we'll put that in in action on, on Saturday hopefully. And again, that's just something else that we can use to record, physically record the games um, and, and use the analysis feature that's available to then analyze the games retrospectively um, in order to you know, educate ourselves as a management team first and foremost, but equally, we can share that information with the players, whether it's positional sense or whether it's things that they could improve on, but also to show them the things that they're doing well um, and, and the positives that are coming out of the game. So, you know, those two technologies coupled together will, will, will give us great insights into player performance and team performance. Um, and hopefully that will make us stronger going forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, it, it was obviously no secret that, that Connor Geffen uh, said what had the job to, how do you approach that situation? You know, um, when there's, there's obviously disappointment um, on, on his behalf?
1: Well, Connor and I have known each other. Um, for for over 20 years um, as teenagers going through the the setup at Ross County. So, you know, I've got a really strong relationship with Connor and and irrespective of the outcome, um, you know, the club's decision on on who they were going to give the job to, our relationship was never going to be impacted by that. Um, He was understandably disappointed at the outcome as I would have been um, if it was the opposite way around. Um, had he been appointed, um, but you know since I've come in, you know he's been excellent to work with. Like I knew he would be, I knew he'd be disappointed, like I said, but I knew that equally he'd be professional in his approach, which he has been. Um, and you know since since we've come in, his his work rate in training, his work rate in the games has been has been excellent. Um, and obviously he scored five goals in in seven games, which, which speaks for itself. So. Yeah, he was naturally disappointed, as we all would be. But like I said, we've got a really strong relationship and 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 that was never going to be impacted.
0: Yeah, his goals have definitely helped with going from no wins all season. Uh, and we've picked up three wins in the past few weeks with a couple of draws obviously thrown in there too. How do you reflect on those performances and the sort of progression that's been made in that time?
1: Well, I think initially we had the, the kind of
0: new manager bounce, if you like, in, in the first game when we were
1: 2-0 up against Inveruri and and everything seemed you know really great. You know, we were deservedly 2-0 up in the game and I was kind of scratching my head, wondering why the, the, the team had not won a game all season and why it, it you know lost so many goals and then we kind of saw the the, the good, the bad and, and the ugly of 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 the of the team um latterly in in the game in terms of defensively um when we lost uh, that, that, well, when Inverie scored their first goal to make it 2-1, you could see the, the nervousness creeping in. Um, a little bit of frailty was, was evident as well, and, and then we quickly lost a second goal, and there's an argument to say that, that Inverie might, might have got a third. So, yeah, I, I guess in that one game you could you could see the, the really good things that the club were doing, uh, the team was doing, but equally the, the frailties that were there. So we've tried to address that um, as much as possible in the little time that we've had. I've been really pleased with the last four performances. Um, you know, I think collectively we've defended better. Uh, we started that from, from the front and the way that we press our opposition, but, you know, at, at the back, we've been, we've been really solid the last kind of three games in, in particular. Um, you know, I think it, it definitely has helped bringing Ross Tokley in and, and the experience that he brings. But um, yeah, we're on a, a good run the last four games. Like you say, we've, we've won three and, and, and drawn one. So, we're, uh, we're hoping that that run continues.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Ross there. Obviously, we've brought him in and we've brought in uh, Lewis Munro, who, who's on loan from Inverness, who's come in to replace Will. Uh, counsel, who's relocated to, to Wolverhampton. Obviously, two players at very opposite ends of their careers. Um, and, and you mentioned a little bit about what Ross has brought, but just how much of an impact has uh, has that had and, and, and what does Lewis sort of bring to, to it as well?
1: Yeah, well, you know, starting with talks, I think everyone was is aware of, of the career that, that he's had. And um, we were always confident that, that he would make a massive impact to the team. Yes, he's 43, and I'm sure a lot of eyebrows were raised when, when we signed him. But I was confident, and the and brides were confident that, that that didn't matter. You know, his age didn't matter because of what he could bring on the pitch in terms of his organisation, even his physical stature. Um, and his fitness levels are probably as good as they've ever been um and i think ross deserves a huge amount of credit for that you know to be 43 years old and still have that hunger and desire to to want to train um, to want to play football matches um you know he, he plays the games on this on the saturday and then I, I see him out running at six o'clock in the morning um the next day um, doing doing six or 10ks so you know he deserves a, a, an immense amount of credit for for doing that because it's not easy um, you know, playing matches at, at that age and then going out for runs and keeping on top of it um, but his his contribution so far has, has been incredible and I can see the boys are enjoying playing alongside him because he's a great communicator and a great organiser and he just gives you that level of comfort that when the ball goes into the box that he'll be there to clear it or he's he's organising players in and around him to do, to do similar so yeah he's been a, a real plus point for us and, and, and long may that continue Lewis, like you say, is, is at the opposite end of, of his career. He's only 17 years old and still very much learning the game. Um, I know that, that Ryan Essendon at Callie, you know speaks highly of him, and we, we took him in, and we kind of threw him in the deep end, if you like, on Saturday just to get a feel for for how he would cope. And he was un, obviously unfortunate with with the goal that, that he conceded. Right up to that point, he actually had a, had a great save, um, one-on-one with with the striker that, that he, he saved. He went out for a corner, and he... Just a, a lapse in concentration, dropped the ball. Um, looking back on on, on the video, it, it looked really difficult to tell if it had crossed the line because um, he kind of fell forward. And I'm not too sure how the linesman was able to spot it. But anyway, it, it went against us and went against him. But these are the things that he'll learn from and learn from very quickly. And these are the moments in games that will will make him stronger and build his character. So um, yeah, I, I think Lewis will will um, will be a good acquisition for us also.
0: Yeah, and, and as with, you know, as you said, you, you've got your incomings, but with as a new manager coming in, there's obviously going to be some outgoings as well, and, you know, I suppose the biggest thing i note really has been so far the departure of, you know, Glenn Mayne, who's the record appearance holder for the club, and obviously do not expect to, to reveal any sort of private conversations or anything like that that go on, but you know, just in terms of your thought process and your sort of overview of how things are probably going to go, um, you know, how, how does that thing, how does that sort of pan out?
1: Well, I mean, we touched on it earlier, Michael, that our first job was to come in and, and, and quickly assess the, 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 the playing staff that we had to, to work with. And, and after assessing the players, I felt that it would be tough for, for Glenn to, to get an awful lot of game, game time. Um, and, and rather letting that play out like it can do in football, Um, and him not playing and and being on the bench and becoming increasingly frustrated about not playing, I felt that out of respect, I would have an honest conversation with him um, and and just let him know that the opportunities would be limited um, as we have a lot of options in in central midfield in particular, as well as some youngsters that are playing in the reserves that are looking to to break through. So I had a chat with him. um, Like I said, out of respect, I wanted to speak to him face-to-face and be completely open and honest with him. Um, and after a night of him sleeping on it, he decided that it was it was better for him to leave and, and pursue football elsewhere, which would have been a really difficult decision for Glenn to make because I know how much the club means to him. Um, but ultimately, I, I think that was the, the correct one for him, him to make. Um, and, and I've obviously you know, wished, wished him all the best with that. And we will communicate with him as a club over the next few months to arrange a, a game um, for Glenn at the end of the season to, you know, to acknowledge his contribution to the club first and foremost, but also um, for the for the fans to, to say that their farewells to, to Glenn. So I think that's that's the least that, that, that him and his family deserve. So, um, yeah, we'll look to put something in place at the end of the season.
0: And I suppose it's just a, a, a more intrigue into how these things go. But from a manager's perspective, I'm sure you've had a, a number of these conversations in the past and, and stuff like that. Just how difficult are they?
1: yeah they're they're tough conversations um they're they're never they're never easy to have but you know, as, a, as a as a player I would always appreciate if a manager was was honest with me and just told me how, how it was and if I was in his plans and doing well then great but equally if I wasn't then you know how could that change or or, or how could I improve to to get more of an opportunity so the conversations are, are never easy but also, they're never personal, um, and every decision that's made, in, in my view, is in the best interest of the team. I think if you allow your emotion uh, to get to get the better of you or to dictate the the situation, then it can sometimes prevent you from making the right decision. Um, but they're they're never easy. I remember one a really tough one that I had was um, when I was broader manager, and it was Craig Campbell's. You know, one of my best friends. You know, I've grown up with him. we we're, we're incredibly close, and I had to drop him. Um, away to Ross County and uh, it, was a, it was a really horrible and tough because I was new into the role and I really wasn't you know experienced in that situation but um, I think it's needless to say that kami um, didn't take the news very well and unfortunately I probably won't be able to to go into detail um what was said and the
0: language that was used but it was a tough conversation that's for sure <laughs> and then uh, as we go into the new year, you know, should fans expect more changes to the squad? Yeah, I think it's I think that's that's fair to say
1: that we will be looking to to freshen things up and and, and try bring in um new players. Maybe not in, in, in the new year, because I think it's a difficult time to to recruit players, but certainly next year, next calendar year and, and next season. Um, you know. As a, as a club, as a board, as a, as a management team, we, we all want the club to progress and move forward. And I think it's important that we continue to raise our standards and try and bring in uh, new players that are going to help us do that. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that we'll, we'll be looking to to bring in the right type of players culturally uh, and, and technically,
0: um, but equally do it at the right times. Graeme and I have touched on this before, and, and I think you've you, you said there, you know, just how tough is recruitment in the Highland League?
1: It's, it's, it's very difficult, um, especially given our location. You know, there's, there's players kind of in the Nairnshire and Murray area, and there's players in the Inverness area that, that we would probably be interested in. But, you know, there's so many, such a saturated market. There's so many teams in the Highland League and, and even the Scottish League that are almost fighting over the same players. Um, you know, we'll never be able to compete with some of the clubs on a financial level. Um, and, and that's okay, we, we can accept that and, and, and we don't want to get into financial battles with clubs. Um, but over time, you know, myself, Heinzee and, and Braisee want to build an environment and a culture that, that players want to be part of um, and they know that if they come to Nairn in County that they'll develop and, and, and grow as individuals and as players with a view to the club being successful. So hopefully that will be a big lure for players going forward.
0: And, and Paul, you touched on a little bit there, but what, what are your sort of long-term ambitions for Nairn?
1: Well, I think, you know, for
0: taking into account this season,
1: I think that um, our main ambition was is to assess the squad and try and maximise the performance levels of the players, which will be an ongoing process. Um, I still believe there's more to come from this group and, and they're, they're working extremely hard for each other, which is great. Um, and I think the ambition for this season is to try and get as high up the table as, as possible. We, we set our expectations out with, with the players. And... Um, when we first came into the club, uh, we set expectations in terms of um, how they prepare for games and training, and behavioural expectations, but also performance expectations as well. And I think that you know where we where we are currently in the league, and you know how many games we still got to play in, in the season that we need to be looking to f- you know try and get mid tables as a minimum, Um, and that'll be our ambition for this season. Next season, the, the aim is to break into the, the top five, and I don't think we should be. Shy about that, or 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 hold back on that. I mean, I think it's for us. That's where Nairn County should be. Um, it is a top five Highland League team as a minimum. So that was the reasons, or one of the reasons that I wanted the job was to try and get the club back to where it belongs in in my view.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that'll be a lot of uh, music to a lot of fans' ears. Hearing that sort of level of ambition uh, for the club. On Saturday is a slightly different challenge. Uh, we started run of away games, um, with with Lossier Mouth in the Highland League Cup, a trophy obviously you only know too well. Um, thoughts on uh, the game and and what's ahead? Well, I,
1: I ha- per- personally haven't seen Lossiemouth this season. Um, you know, when my time at Rothas we didn't play against them, and 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 so far I've not I've not seen them in action. But I'm aware of. You know the result that, that we had as a club earlier in the season you know a 5-0 defeat there so it's going to be a tough game there, there's no doubt about it but um i expect it to be a really good challenge for us um you know but we go there with confidence on the back of the recent run of form that we're on um and hopefully we can continue that good run and go go down there and, and get a good result and progress in the next round because um yeah it's a, it's a cup competition that i'm very familiar with it's a it's a cup competition that we won as a club um, back in two thousand and eleven, Graham. I'm not sure if that's yeah, exactly right. right yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it'd be great to get a good a good cup run, um, and it, it all starts on Saturday.
0: Definitely, and, and Graham, I usually come to you for for injury updates, but I'm, Stephen, I'm going to start with you. How's the calf?
1: The the calf is torn, unfortunately. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be me out for for a number of weeks. Um, so my own fault for um, perhaps not warming up correctly, um, and unfortunately it happened right on the or, or fortunately you could look at it that way that it happened right on the, the full time whistle. Exactly, been quite embarrassing subbing yourself on and having to sub yourself back off. So
0: <laughs> Graham, I, I realized uh, at the start of the podcast I got, I think I probably got too excited that Stephen was on this podcast and didn't really give you a chance to to say hello. But you know how we've got a couple of players out just now. Um, any updates you can give?
2: Yeah, cheers, Michael. Uh, so Calum Howarth uh, sustained a hamstring injury the match at uh, Keith a couple of weeks ago, so he'll be out for another few weeks. Uh, in the same match, Scott Davidson sustained uh, ankle ligament damage. He'll be five or six weeks away. Uh, Kenny McKenzie on a more positive front. I'm just in the door from uh, from training tonight, and Kenny McKenzie's there doing some some light training um, away from the main group. Uh, so he's on the, the road to recovery after a thigh strain, which uh, recurred after he came back and played briefly in the, the match against Strasbourg. Longer term, uh, Dylan McKenzie uh, has undergone surgery on his knee injury, which uh, he sustained or had been carrying for quite a long time, but really hasn't played since the, the match at work in, uh, in February time. Uh, so he'll be sidelined till next season, uh, pre-season time in the summer, and uh, John Grant, who had the misfortune of sustaining a serious knee injury in the Scottish Cap tie against Drumchapel in September, so if you remember, John uh, came up from the reserves, came straight in at the deep end and played four games in defence uh, and was run one of the sort of really bright lights of the team at that stage when we were going through a difficult run. Um, didn't look out of place at all. Uh, and unfortunately for John, he's uh, sustained a, a serious knee injury in that match against uh, against Drumchapel in the Scottish Cup, which which he's been for a scan on and is uh, is on the list for for surgery now as well. So uh, so a wee while till we'll we'll see John back. But that's that's the update. Everybody else, um, and with that, has uh, returned to full training since our last podcast.
0: Yeah, um, so hopefully a speedy recovery to, to all them that are out. Just stepping down, obviously, uh, moving on to, to reserves. Reserves picked up their second win of the season, uh, 3-2 against Allness. What's the feedback been from, from Stuart Finney about the, the season so far?
2: Uh, yeah, so it's been it's been quite
0: challenging for
2: them. Uh, a, lot, a lot of tough uh, fixtures at the start of the season in that league. Obviously, Fort William have dropped into it. The guys have been down there and played... Um, for a couple of games at Station Park, namely against Invergordon, which was quite a close run thing in the end. Uh, beat 2-1, I think, in that one. Uh, and then against Inverness Athletic, where they came back from 2-0 down and earned a 3-3 draw. Um, you mentioned there there was a game against uh, El I think the, the wind's given everyone a bit of a lift uh, in the squad. Stuart sure, it's, it's had seen a better shape about the team. Uh, in recent games, I know he was disappointed uh, with the, the outcome, the way it went at Bonner Bridge. He felt that was one that was was winnable for the guys, but um, but you know he's seen steady improvements. Um, and he's he's had a couple of guys uh, like Seamus McConaughey and Rory Williamson and, and Willis Mitchell who's back from a, a long term shoulder injury down to, to boost his numbers because obviously oh, Stevens had uh, a few guys back from injuries as well. So he's had uh, had a few of the the younger first team players in his squad as well to to um, to, to strengthen it as well. So it's uh, quite positive going forward um, for them. And as I say, they've they've got a game. Uh, the good result there on Saturday in a game coming up against uh, against Clark, who are obviously a reserve team as well. So it'll be interesting to see how how that pans out. But I know Stephen and the guys uh, popped along to to get a look at the game against illness before before we met at Station Park Saturday.
0: Yeah, and, and Stephen, obviously the reserves playing competitively just in that tier below really um, must be beneficial for you and in, in longer term for the club.
1: Yeah, I think it's great having having that facility and having that platform where our younger players can play competitive football, um, you know, and, and then anyone that is displaying the right levels of form or abilities can then progress into the first team equally. It gives us an opportunity, like Graham touched on there. We've got some younger first team players that um, perhaps aren't getting as much opportunities, you know, in terms of game time with the first team at this moment in time. So it allows them to, to go and play um, regular football, um, keep their fitness levels up and, and keep their match sharpness up. Because if we didn't have that facility, then, you know, you're going to have players that are either on the bench and not getting on or, or players that are not even making the bench. So it's very difficult for them to get game time. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a it's a great setup that we've got in place. Um, it was good to go over and and watch the first kind of 20 minutes on, on Saturday. It's the first opportunity that I've had. I think the only... Um, negative if you like is is the games running in conjunction with the first team game so, so our opportunities to actually go and watch the games are, are limited and um, if it was during the week um, or on a Sunday for example it would be a lot easier but I understand that the way the league set up that's not going to happen so um, overall I think it's a it's a great facility for us to, to, to have and it's good to see that the club have invested in that and invested in the younger players.
2: Yeah, I was looking at the fixtures, Michael, we've played 17 reserve games so far this season, if you include the friendlies, so, you know, if you're a 16, 17, 18-year-old playing, you know, early in the start of November, 17 games against your know, adult opposition is it's going to bring your game on a, a great deal if, if, you, if you sustain that over the course of a season.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, and... We've got, there's a fundraising night coming up, obviously, for the reserves as well. Graeme, is there any information you can share on that? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So this is the first time we've had an away fixture on Orkney since before COVID. Um, during COVID, the North Caledonian League was split in half and we were in the group which didn't have Orkney in it, so we didn't play them. And then last year when it was all in, we actually just played them on a neutral venue in Helmsdale, played the home and railway fixture in Helmsdale. But this year, Orkney have come down to us already this season and played us at Nairn. So we're going up there um, for the return fixture It'll be after New Year. It's not actually scheduled yet. It's obviously quite uh, a, costly, uh, a costly thing to do. Um, when we've gone there in the past, we've gone overnight um, and stayed in John O'Groats on the Friday and then gone over on the ferry first thing in the morning, um, played the game at lunchtime and then come back again in the evening ferry and down the road. So it's it's a good um, it's a good sort of life experience if you like for the players to get get that kind of trip away, and try you know treat it as professionally as we can, um, treat it like you know like a full time team would if you like when they stay overnight before a uh, before a match. So uh, we've got a fundraiser to. To put towards uh, the covering the cost of that, which uh, is a race night um, at the British Legion in Nairn, which is on the evening of Saturday, the 19th of November. So it should be a good night, um, and obviously everyone's uh, more than welcome to attend and join us. and uh, We'll have details on social media and we'll looking for sponsors for races and horses and that sort of stuff. So uh, we'll have details on the social media pages over the next few days, I'm sure.
0: Well, indeed, and also at the same time, the main man, Scoosh has decided to grow his Tash um, to raise some funds too, and I think he's raised about £300 so far, so we'll get those details up as well. Um, so so there's other ways to, to do that. Dropping down uh, another level still, obviously the 18s also picked up a, a win on Sunday, um, and, and Toshi would have been delighted with his weekend, I think, after picking up the, the man of the match on the Saturday as well. So how's, how's things going with the 18s?
2: Yeah, progressing um... really well. Um I think since Toshi and Jamie have gone in, the guys have really bought into to what they're trying to do. Um I think Toshi I think him playing for the first team as well really helps is makes him a lot more relatable to the players. Um you know they can come along and watch the amount of pure effort that he puts into his game um at, at 35. Um, and see that start, you know that positivity that should rub off on uh, on the players. So um, it's been going really well. Um, they've had a, a decent season with the the results that they've they've put together. And it is quite a young team for an 18s. There's not many. I think there's only two or three that are too old for next season. The rest of them are still young enough to play again in the 18s um, the following season. I know some of them are still young enough to play 16s even uh, even this season. So. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been really positive. Um and I know Toshi's um, Toshi doing really, uh, seems to be really enjoying it as well. I know it's his first sort of full-on uh, head coach role. So he seems to have taken to it really well as well. So yeah, all really positive. And as you say there, they had a good um, a good 2-0 win against uh, Keith on Sunday. And I know a few of the guys have played in the reserves as well. Um so Stuart's been been linking in with, with Toshi as well to um to assess some of the players and when he's needed um needed bodies for uh, for his squad on a Saturday in the reserves, he's been able to call upon them. And I, I believe, uh, you know, certainly the ones I've the matches I've been at and seen the under-18s boys get some game time. They've all acquitted themselves really well. So, yeah, really encouraging.
0: And and at 16s level, how's things been going there?
2: Yeah, good as well. Uh, obviously, again, a brand new team at the 16s. Uh, not something that we had, I've uh, had for a couple of seasons now. Um, so, yeah, a squad that's been, been put together off the back of playing in the street league over the summertime. Uh, testing themselves against you know teams at that level for the first time. Uh, a lot of them, um, a lot of them it's really their first taste of sort of organised eleven aside football. So it's a big step for the for what they they've been doing previously. So you know it's a case of giving those guys time to grow and develop and and uh, and get as much game time in as they can. I believe that they they're they had a friendly on Saturday morning down the riverside, uh, as well. So yeah, um, yeah, all progressing well, but. Yeah, a good uh, a work in progress with with the guys there. And, and it's all, as I say, about giving them as much um, game time and, and enjoyment out of their football at that age as, as possible.
0: Yeah, and obviously, if you have been paying attention to what's been going on with the club, you would have seen, um, you know, there has been an announcement about, you know, in regards to youth football in the town and, and how we are trying to develop, you know, sort of youth football structure uh, within there, but also the, the pathway for us as well and, and plug gaps um, where, you know, we'll, we'll be looking at putting a 14s team in, for example, that um, we've not had before, but there was some 15s Street League trials recently, Graham, wasn't there? How did, how did yeah, they go? Yeah, was. Yeah, a
2: couple of weeks ago on Saturday morning, uh, we had uh, the trials at, uh, at Nairn Academy on the Astro for, for next season Street League, which kicks off in April. So we had 27 players along for that. Uh, some f- uh, a lot from there but some from further afield as well. Some from uh, down um, down in sort of Grand town. can you see um that, that came up as well so. Um, so yeah the guys are really encouraged with what they've seen this is um, this is players from, from first and second year at school um, so guys again making the step from playing soccer sevens in primary seven into playing 11 aside football as the street league is uh, under 15 so uh, so we're, the, the whole idea is to get the squad together at this time of year which allows them to then build up into that um, into kick off for the street league in April um, by training um, once a week alongside the um, the existing under sixteen squad and playing uh, friendlies once we get the Christmas period out of the way, so it gives them a run up into into their first taste of a, a competitive eleven a side league when the street league kicks off.
0: Yeah, and which is great, as you said, we, you know we we've looked to develop and make a commitment to, you know, what we're doing in the town. So, you know, while. Winning on Saturdays is obviously very important for what we're doing. And as you've heard from Stephen, you know, we, we have some big ambitions uh, moving forward. And we all, but we also recognise sort of as a club the importance of providing as many opportunities to play football um, as possible uh, in Nairn. And in over the last few months, both Nairn Fire, who are a, a, a youth team within Nairn, and Nairn and Soccer 7s, which has been around for a few years now, Uh, reached out to the club uh, uh, to have a chat about what they've been up to and and following several discussions between us all we're we're delighted uh, when we got to announce that um, all three parties have made a commitment to establish a sort of proper youth football structure in there that at the end of the day you know will hopefully provide more kids the opportunity to play football in town and then you know you know we've got to look at a little bit selfishly as well so longer term Hopefully we 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 develop that pathway as well that eventually we'll get players but playing playing football uh, for the first team. I think you know I, I look at my time when I was at the Scottish FA and stuff like that and you you hear towns all around Scotland that have produced the uh, uh, top players that have played at some of the highest levels and I think we still cling on to Stuart Armstrong having been at school in Rosebank for for uh, a year or so so it'd be good to to help <laughs> develop that pathway as well and. You know, there's a lot to happen uh, to make it a success um, and it will require, you know, the help of, of volunteers to do this. Uh, and we're hosting an open evening on Wednesday, the 16th of November at Nairn Dunbar Golf Club. kicks off at 7.30 and you will hear in more detail about the pathway plans, opportunities for, for your kids to play and, and the su- support required. We hope as many people who have a vested interest in, in youth football in the town can get along, both Nairn Soccer 7s and Nairn Fire uh, is open to, to both boys and girls of any ability. And while the pathway beyond um, 12 years old is with Nairn County, is, is for boys only, we'll be encouraging any girls who participate in the community youth football offering that they, to, to also get involved with Nairn St. Nairn Women and, and join their pathway. If you can't make the open evening but are interested in, in helping, please do get in touch with the club. We currently have a registration um, of interest form open for roles such as head of community football, under 12s, Sunday morning community coaches, as well as administrative roles such as uh, under 14s team, secretary, and, and treasurer. So, yeah, if you can't make the, the open evening, which is on the, that Wednesday, the 16th of November at 7.30, please uh, do get in touch. Talking of to you football, New county youth teams are now part of the Co-op Community Fund, uh, meaning every time that you shop in the Co-op, money will be invested uh, in our youth football. So it's only I think it's only one pound to join and, and uh, get it all set up, and we'll get again we'll we'll post the links on social if you missed it the first time around. But um, it's a it's another great source of, uh, of revenue for the club. Appreciate. it. We're now getting slightly off football matters, Stephen. So hopefully you can bear with us a little bit as I just kind of give an update on a, on a few things behind behind the scenes at the club. So, new sponsor, thank you to, to Fraser McKenzie at Scott Safe uh, services for supporting the club as our uh, more up sponsor. It's great to have him on board. He's he's joined Scott Owens, who's our um training uh wear sponsor. You know, we're always on the lookout for for additional sponsors, so if you're keen to support the club, yeah, uh, don't be shy. You don't need me to tell you that Christmas is fast approaching. Good news is we've extended our clothing range on our online shop as well as getting a a full restock of our third shirts in. I've got one. I'm actually wearing one of the elite hoodies uh, just now. It's very nice. There's a lot more of, of that sort of thing on there, including sweatshirts, jackets, lays, T-shirts, all that sort of thing. We'll also be adding to the range as we go, um, plus revamping our retail options at Station Park. So plenty of, plenty of things there for, for years or, or someone else's that you know Christmas. We'll also be making an appearance at some events in the town with a stall and, and providing additional shopping opportunities at the ground out with match days. We'll, we'll announce more of this in, in due course. Oh, and, and before I forget, we also have a very festive clothing range uh, coming out soon, and uh, which I don't think we've done before, Graham. You maybe be able to correct me if, if we have, but uh, it'll be one uh, to keep an eye out for.
2: No, I'm pretty sure it's the first, Michael.
0: <laughs> Just a, a quick thank you to everybody that did the golf, uh, came to our golf day and supported it. Uh, feedback was was fantastic, and it was a great day had by all. Uh, we're looking at dates for a 2023 20, day already, and uh, once we get all that confirmed, we'll get it announced, and uh, you can block out the diary. One event that is in the diary, though, is the Sportsman's Dinner. And we've had a good number of tables and seats booked ahead of that so far. So, yeah, don't hesitate to to get that. More information on the website and tickets available via fan base. We've had some good auction prizes donated already, including Scotland VIP hospitality. So, yeah, it'll it'll be a good night all round. And then usual 50-50 update, Congratulations to Stuart Lobar, who, who won the top prize, £150. Moira Clark won £100 for second place, and, and Ivan Ralph eh, £50. And finally, a bit podcast exclusive, but we'll be emailing Club 1914 members soon to invite you all for a pre-match drink, eh, alcoholic, or just a tea and coffee, whatever you prefer, at Station Park ahead of our game against Van Martin on Saturday, the 10th of December. A little bit of thank you to all members uh, for your continued support and and really just to spread some festive cheer as well. So that's it from me, Stephen. Thank you very much for for joining us on the podcast and actually just sit listening to me ramble for a little bit there. Uh, and, and all the best for Saturday. No problem, Michael. Thanks for, thanks
1: for having me. Enjoyed and,
0: it. And uh, Graham, anything else you'd like to add before we finish up?
2: Just uh, obviously looking forward to the game on Saturday. Uh, there's a lot of positivity about the club at the moment and about the squad, um, and hopefully we'll see as many fans down at Grant Park on uh, on Saturday to cheer the guys on against Walsall. Where, with uh, with a bit of luck, we can uh, we can come away with a positive result and uh, and progress in the competition.
0: Yeah, not most certainly. Yeah, and thanks again for for listening to our latest roundup. As always, don't hesitate to to get in touch and. We'll be back once again next month with an update on what's been happening with the club.